This is the life of Bobo Bobo. This is the life of Bobo Bobo. This is the life of Bobo Bobo. Showers in the kitchen. There might be. Welcome to a special episode of. Uh, do we want to call this like? We just like to talk about movie yeah. musicals for Broadway Radio. <laughs> yeah, I think that should be the official name of the show, actually. So today we're talking about Tick, Tick, Dot, 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 Boom, um, which uh, Ashley had actually uh, adversely text- texted me yeah. and Tick, tick boom, 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 which I'm a big fan of the idea of us doing like yes. a like a naked boy singing Tick, Boom, Boom. Oh, I like it. I'm very you know good. I mean? Like I said in my text, this is just like double the boom. Double the boom. This Squeakle. Double the boom. The squeakle. <laughs> electric. <laughs> the electric boomaloo. Boogaloo. Boomaloo. Yeah. Oh, I get you now. Yeah. Wow. We now wrote a better in. thing. Lin Manuel. This was Lin Manuel Miranda's <laughs> directorial debut. Who he? I mean, he's been so praised for this work. We yeah. we know him and we love him from the theater, but also he's made his way into the film setting. And I don't think he's going to turn yeah. back. Oh, Screenplays no. by Stephen Levinson, based on the stage musical of the same name that you might be familiar with from Jonathan Larson's earliest work. The film stars Andrew Garfield, Robin De Jesus, Alexander Ship, Joshua Henry, Judith Light, and oh my girl Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> the show. Uh, the, the film premiere. Like in the fall of this year, it was a very limited theatrical release, but then everybody watched it kind of Thanksgiving weekend uh, on Netflix. So it, it's already being talked about for a lot of uh, award season stuff, yeah. which is nuts. Nominated because, you for know, Golden Globes, uh, I think nominated yeah. for some Critics' Choice. We're going to have Oscar nominations soon, and we know that there's going to be some in there. I just love how this is also produced by Ron Howard, my boy, um, and Brian Grazer, like his boy. And so I was just like, ah, interesting. Okay. Um, But uh, this is just such an exciting project for us to talk about because the theater community has known Tick, Tick, Boom for so long. Um, It's just, it's part of uh, rent head culture. It's a part of New York theater workshop culture. And uh, I'm just, it's it's thrilling to see a very, what is uh, like, typically been called, you know, a smaller known piece of writing, much like uh, Best in... Or, no, I was about to say Best, best in Show. show. <laughs> there you go. Title of show. Can you fathom? Um, but Title and Show, uh, title of show is, is like that in the same regard of like just kind of, you know, people getting together, writing a thing. Uh, this was Jonathan's yeah. earliest known um, full-fledged dealio. So seeing this come to a screen is honestly surprisingly unlikely i don't think anybody else could have done this but lemon while miranda because 100 percent, it just wouldn't have gotten made right not at all uh and absolutely thrilled that it has i really adored this film i didn't know what to expect with it it's a musical that i love a lot and i do have problems with it which i think we'll get into a little bit later but uh I was completely on board with it when I saw that first trailer and it opened up with Boho Days. And I was like, mm. oh, we're going in on it. This is going to be good. Just every, like, every, every possible way for me in the way that it was shot. It, it was very clearly a directorial debut, but it was a directorial debut by someone who obviously loves film and obviously loves musicals and it really came across in the way that it was stylized that's what i loved about it too because i I wanted us to get our initial thoughts but all in all i think both of us agree that like this was made by someone who loves this 
And when yeah. something is made from someone who loves it and loves writing and loves musical theater and loves the artist's, you know, development, this is what you get. You get a love letter to theater. Right? And it is absolutely that, which you could tell from not only the principal cast, but all of the cameos that we have in this oh, movie, we'll which, get into which we've been talking about for weeks because we have some very specific scenes, which obviously we'll talk about that are so cameo heavy. But I mean, it's all across the film. I mean, you have everyone from like Danny Burstein and Judy Kuhn playing Jonathan's parents, which I mean, same if I could ever cast my own parents, that's exactly <laughs> who I would pick. Like they're nothing like your parents, but you're like, but I want them. Absolutely nothing like my parents, <laughs> which is why I want them as my parents. But yeah, it was just completely packed with everyone that you could imagine and that is such uh, obviously <laughs> it's like a, the, a theater lover's dream for one but uh, this being directed by Lynn it is a, specifically a theater lover's dream that he brought to life that he wanted to film just filled to the brim with theater people what I think is is important for me and I don't know if you disagree with this but if you're looking at like the structure of, of the film mm. and the structure of the musical which I am unfamiliar with I know that mm. you like Tick tick boom yeah. as it like a piece of musical yeah, theater. Love it. Um the 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 film felt like to me a little meta of like we're doing the musical, but we're also doing autobiographical film about Jonathan Larson. Is that mm. the right take or intention you think um uh, yes i would say okay to an because it felt like both it is definitely a bit of both it is i mean this is the thing i adore tick tick boom my problem with tick tick boom is that it expects something of the audience like you have to go in caring about jonathan larson and maybe even more specifically about rent because you know you're being introduced uh you know this is the writer of rent so this is why you should care about this show so that already Mm -hmm. potentially writes a large chunk of potential audience audience members off and then i'm gonna expect you to share the emotions of that one specific person who is both fictional and real and is having this crisis as he's about to turn 30 and hasn't broken in and done everything that he wants to do with his career yet which is a very universal feeling as far as like not (laughs) breaking into the career you want to at a certain age and having that like quarter life crisis i'm about to turn 30 in the first week of february too i will be having my own crisis at the end of january I will be singing this every day of my life. I didn't know we were the same age. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Freaking funny. It's like between this 13 going on 30 and uh, us singing Bo Burnham's I'm Turning 30. Oh, my God. I think everybody's everybody's fucked next year. Like, we're all Absolutely disgusted. I've already, like, commissioned the dress from 13 going on 30 from this (gasps) Etsy person because I'm a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I'm alone Uh, in my house, I will be wearing it and doing not Thriller, but something else. (laughs) That's exceptional. I'm commissioning my own Mark Ruffalo. That's what I'm doing. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't we love that? Uh, but I want the kids are all right, Mark Ruffalo. I don't oh, know. hello. Any of them. Any I mean, of them is any of them is quite fine indeed. Anyway, back to Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah, let's get back to the Tick, Tick, Boom <laughs> but, of it but, all. But that's the thing. Like, so uh, Tick, Tick, Boom is autobiographical in the sense of here, here's Jonathan Larson having his little crisis right before he turns 30 and what that's going to mean. It, it, honestly, the film is such a great translation of what I've seen. I've seen the last Tick, Tick, Boom um production I saw was Off-Broadway by the King Company, which was incredible. I adored it. That was Nick Blameyer, George Salazar, and Sierra Renee. Sensational. Um, And 
it, you know, it has that show, as you said, it has both the elements of autobiography, you know, autobiography, Jesus, autobiography, and also just like that. I don't like the term concept musical, but I don't really know what to call musicals that are like title of show and tick tick boom, where it's like we're making a show. And yeah. even as I've talked about recently, a commercial jingle for Regina Comma. I don't know what that's technically called. I guess like an industry show. Um, an industry reading? Yeah. An industry hard. reading. An industry reading. Yeah. Um, I've been so, a part of them. Oh, hello. Would you like $175 for 29 hours? Absolutely not. Know. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is because of that. That's one of those shows that I can't believe was made into a movie. And as you said, like Lynn is probably one of very few people and maybe now Steven Spielberg. Though I don't know. Steven Spielberg would do tick, tick, boom. But like as far as talking about musicals that are that have big directors behind it that seem to have a good amount of love for the material they have. This was a surprising one to see made. It really was. And again, like, I think that it's just truly because of Lynn, like that has to be Mm -hmm. it. I don't think that any of us were pining for a Jonathan Larson uh, autobiography. Um, Even though, of course, we've always wanted one. It's just that I don't think that this was in the moment us saying this is what we need right now and i think it hit at a perfect time yeah, when a lot of artists definitely. have felt really lost and un like unseen That's and unheard 100 percent, it yeah. it really did come at the perfect time of people just like i i feel lost i'm at a point where i'm not really able to make art and obviously like we're out of the shutdown at least right now this is coming out the week of you know the week after christmas so who's to say what's happening then um but you know everyone came out of the shutdown and they were able to make art again but before that it was very much a situation of we're not able to do what we want to do we can't we like we're not able to break into our career right now the way we want to. Some of us may be (laughs) cycling through the last years of our 20s and feeling very lost that way and about to turn 30 and feel very unsuccessful in all the ways that we want to be. So this is like, this is the culmination, I think, of all of those emotions. And I'm sure to an extent, I mean, obviously, Lin-Manuel Miranda is not financially suffering <laughs> in the ways that a lot of theater artists no, were I, during I the shutdown. I he's not doing well. Oh, yeah. start a GoFundMe. Oh, goodness. The poor man. Um, but, you know, that doesn't take him out of, like, the mental suffering of it all. Again, as someone who is so close to the industry, as someone who's been a part of the industry for so long and is now a part of the film industry for that matter. Yeah. And that's that's what's so exciting and crazy about this is that, like, not only did he call on, you know, theater stars, but also film stars. And so now I want to get into the cast of this because Andrew Garfield Mm -hmm. was such a shocking decision for the theater community to play Jonathan Larson. And even though, listen, I saw him in Angels in America. I don't know how you yep. felt about oh, him. Oh, I have I, talked about how I felt many times. <laughs> okay, because I, because I, I, I know your answer is going to be longer. I think Andrew Garfield's an amazing actor. I just felt like he wasn't the appropriate person for the role. Definitely. Um, and that's kind of the nutshell of it for me. What about you? 
Oh, I hated his performance. <laughs> oh, was I, it that he was yelling all the time, a la the director? Yes. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hated his performance in Ages of America, which I've said before many times on the show. I adored that production. It is my favorite play. Uh, it's a production that I was very, very fond of. Shout out again to Marion Elliott and her neon boxes. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other side of things, like he starred in one of my regret to have missed it productions of Death of a Salesman with the late great yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. As a film actor, I have no problem with him. Loved him in Social mm-hmm. Network. Loved him in a lot of things that he's done. Um, obviously, not really into like the sub- the Spider Man of it all. But hey, mm. um, well, you, mm, mm. I already know. Mm. Don't worry. I don't. I I know. It's fine. We know. We've known for months and months and months. Um, right. I was really worried when he was cast in this, and then mm. again, I saw the trailer and. I was just uh, that. That's right, was, you and I were on on today on Broadway that day that it dropped because we went. Yeah. Hold on, I'm sorry. He sounds great. He sounds great. He looks very obviously. He's a little bit Hollywooded up because you're not gonna have like an exact Jonathan Larson lookalike. No, nor would I expect to. But I mean, he he embodies that kind of whatever lankiness of Jonathan Larson so well in this even. And as a whole, like I, I was Mm -hmm. completely sold on everything he was doing. And I I absolutely didn't expect it. I was sold on him in a way that I would only expect to see from a, like primarily stage actor, which he's really not at this point. He might've been at one point, but isn't anymore. Mm -hmm. But it all comes across like he he is playing to the camera in a way that a movie star knows how to, but he is playing to the audience in a way that a stage actor knows how to. He did beautifully. And I wonder if that's also because Lynn was behind the camera and he's so familiar with stage direction. Very possible. If they were able to to marry all those worlds, right? Um, Alexander Ship plays Jonathan Larson's girlfriend um, based on a real person named Janet. She is so stunning. Um, (sighs) I, I personally did not feel like she was incredibly uh, vocally moving like some other people were in this yeah, production. It's very um, But I, I just couldn't stop looking at her, which I don't know if that's just because <laughs> I thought she was gorgeous. Yeah, 100%. But, um, I want to see her in other things, I think, is is really it. You know, Andrew was just so incredibly captivating. I felt like every time he was in the room with anyone, save Joshua Henry um, yeah. or Robin De Jesus, it was kind of like, I don't care. Uh, I'm I'm here for definitely, for him. and then that's the thing with Alexandra, who I did think was great. Um, the mm-hmm. role of Susan is usually doubled with the role of Caressa, who is played by Vanessa Hudgens. In this, right. we're on the stage; it's a dual role. Makes more sense have three people in the cast, have everybody double up. Um, couldn't do that on a film, so we have Vanessa Hudgens, who is perfectly fine. It ends up being a smaller role because it's literally only that instead of like the main role of Susan. Um. But, you know, that is a, a situation where I did miss the stage version of the film of not having that double role because I wanted more screen time for her. Yeah, I, I And for fully, her to get the big agree. number because, I mean, Come to Your Senses is incredible and I really wish that she had that. They kind of shared the duality of it, which was yeah. very... It was weird. 
Uh, and then Robin DeJesus, who arguably should and take home every award that he's nominated for in this role in as Michael. Anything. Uh, in anything, I mean, famously does, but uh, I just yeah. thought his performance was really moving. Um, what What were your other thoughts? Oh, I, the three that were cast for this film, Andrew Alexandra and Robin yeah. as the three leads, I just thought played off of each other so beautifully. I thought Robin was absolutely amazing. I'm just always transfixed by him in any role that he does. I think he's just a beautiful actor. And it's such a delicate part because you're you know you're dealing with michael who is trying to balance that i'm becoming an adult and i need to kind of I, well one i need to pay my bills so i need to take a grown-up job and not really do that but also supporting his friend who still wants to try and break through and is having that crisis in the meanwhile and kind of failing in his relationships all around him. He's certainly failing with the, in his relationship with Susan, um, who just wants a damn answer on her job <laughs> for half the film. Really not a, yeah. Which <laughs> unfortunate again for that is that th- that is one of the things, like I think there were some really smart choices as far as like leaving certain s- songs out of this, like uh Green Green Dress and Sugar. But as a result, like again, less screen time for Susan and kind of like as a result, it made her just be like, I need an answer on this. I need an answer on this. I need an answer on this. And those were like really her only scenes. And again, I wanted more from that. Uh, I think yeah. that was one of the, it, you know, that's, that's kind of the trade off, unfortunately, of losing songs like that, that don't necessarily progress this, the show forward and therefore wouldn't progress the movie forward and they wouldn't make sense in the, on screen when they do on stage so i'm glad that they did them the way that they did but alas alas so i'm gonna run through the list of other broadway veterans that are in it and saving the yeah. best for last because okay. i know what ashley's gonna say uh, uh, so you've got joshua henry <laughs> you've got vanessa hudgens you've got michaela j rodriguez who i wanted to see more of in this film famously fantastic. Uh, ben levi ross judith light joelle perez kate rockwell anisa folds um michaela diamond daniel furland who i love from the original yeah. into the woods <laughs> um even adam pascal like we're, we're gonna get to the scene with all the cameos uh laura benanti uh, and then finally bradley whitford playing Stephen yes, damn sondheim yes yes indeed how did you how did you deal with that uh i wept a lot throughout this film and really anything related to sondheim it was right before his death that i saw it too so i was um, weirdly uh, before his death too so i was hyper emotional but not even the level that i would be a few days later i thought bradley did great i he was he clearly watched a lot of 80s and early 90s videos of Sondheim and really appreciated it. I didn't expect it. It's really hard when you get a casting announcement that's like so-and-so will be playing your literal idol. And it's like, oh, how are we going to do that? And how is that going to feel and be believable? I think he did a great job. And then, of course, we have (laughs) the voicemail at the end, which completely broke me completely broke me down the second that the first syllable came out of his mouth 
Yeah, that that one hurt me. If you guys don't know, there's um, a famously Lemon played the film. Spoiler: uh, Lynn played the film for Tick Tick Boom to Stephen Sondheim, um, and he said uh, he, he made a note. He said, you know, at the very end when Sondheim me leaves a voicemail with Jonathan Larson, <laughs> you know, can you me, imagine me, me on stage? Me, Stephen, Joshua Sondheim. Yeah, um, that's not really what I would have said. And Lynn says, okay, well, what? What would you have said? And so he says, I'm just going to record. I'll, I'll record yeah, what, I, what I would have said. Because Bradley was already done. They had already done the, yeah. you know, the voiceover for that and filming had wrapped. And Sondheim was like, so, uh, was great. Uh, don't know him. He, his name sounds like a Jane Austen character. So I like him. But I wouldn't have said that in the voicemail. Let me just do it myself and fix it for you, which is the most Sondheim final move of all time. <laughs> just be like, this is wrong. I'll do it myself. Damn it. Oh, God, which is so stunning. There's this great musical theater workshop scene where you see all these aspiring it's supposed to be you know these composers and lyricists and in that moment we get like we get Stephen Trask who I saw at a ham for ham with Lynn yeah. actually like many years ago because uh, Hedwig is probably my favorite musical of all time and that was just transcendent um, and there's just so many people like Dave Malloy, Issa Davis, uh, Georgia Stitt, uh, Grace McLean, Helen Park, Jason Robert Brown, Janine Tesori, Joe Iconis, Mark Shaman, Matthew Sklar, uh, Nick Blameyer, Amanda Green, Alex Lacamoire, Luckety Luck. Uh, there's just so many people that they honor in this film that they don't have to they really yeah. don't have to do that and they did so now we're going to finally get to the sunday scene which oh, features cameos yes. from uh, not even just in the song but like you've got andre de shields walking into the the moon dance diner who Is it should, moon dance? yeah who should be a okay. featured extra in every movie ever honestly yeah, not like B.B. Newworth is in it, Beth Malone, who is in her fun home costume, yeah. which I yeah. actually cried on sight at because I thought I thought yeah. it was just me. Like I was watching the screen oh, and I was no. like, maybe I see her that way. <laughs> no. So no. there uh, we have Bernadette Peters as well, who is in her dot get up essentially as yeah. well. Um, and I guess like because uh, Renee Lee Goldsberry and Pippa, was she there? Am I about to say Yeah, they both she, turned they, around together. <laughs> they turned around together, and I think they were essentially in their Hamilton color palette. So yeah. it's all these very little touches. Um, and like you just mentioning all these either, I, I, you know, beyond aspiring songwriters at this point, they're major theater players at this point. Um, having them again in this film which is to honor a songwriter and to talk about essentially what he's done for musical theater um posthumously for that matter and how everything has kind of been influenced by that including hamilton including really everything that came after rent has been influenced by rent in some manner so to yeah. have all these people in in that diner scene i mean to have people like bb and to have people like bernadette and to have andre chuck and cooper chuck <laughs> cooper on. like that's i i think that is the best love letter to jonathan larson that you can do and to theater as a whole but especially to jonathan larson as like a thank you to have all these people who have been influenced in some way whether they are really conscious of it or not to have them packed in this scene which is already an homage to sondheim so it's already like it, it, it's double fold for that matter. It's yeah. people who are honoring both Jonathan Larson and people who are honoring both Sondheim. 
Yeah, it's it's regardless of how I felt about the original source material, which that's what I want to lead into now. I just couldn't get over mm. the fact that this was like giving a big a big bear hug to artists in general and people that are in and out of work throughout the years, whatever it is. Like this was saying like you know, we remember and we care and we love it. And this is why we yeah. do it is because it changes people's lives. So um, that's what I want to ask you, Ashley, is that because you you love Tick, Tick, Boom, the show. Yeah. Um, tell me how it differed or what you liked about this adaptation and how it related to the thing that you love so much. I mean, I, I've said a lot of it so far as far as like the things that I thought worked and the things that I, you know, that kind of ended up getting left behind. And like I said, with Tick, Tick, Boom, the problem with it is that you really have to give a shit about Jonathan Larson and about Rent. But also you really like, and I think what the film does so well is that you really don't like this is such a universal story. It could be literally anybody like the thing with Tick, Tick, Boom is that we know the ending. Like we before the show starts we know that jonathan larson went on to write rent and become one of the most influential yeah casually and became one of the most influential theater makers of all time and died at the age of 35 so we don't have anything else except for things that have come out of like the jonathan larson project that uh that you know everything before rent really um yeah the Jen Tepper has been so influential in being a part of. Like, I want to shout Absolutely. that out. Like, yeah, as and a she, historian, and she, she on has the film. really... Yeah, exactly. Because I, I don't think that they ever would have had that on their radar to make, to be frank with you, without her. So I just want to say, like, we talk about Lynn in this project, but it would not exist if it weren't for the work that Jennifer Tepper has put together throughout the years uh, regarding his work. And Lynn has tweeted a lot about it over, you know, Mm -hmm. since since the film has come out, really, and his absolute gratitude and going to the Library of Congress with her and seeing all these things. (laughs) Like, that's, that's something that happens when you have somebody as dedicated to their work as Jennifer Ashley Tepper is and that is mm-hmm. the case here so you have something like tick tick boom um but yeah that's the thing is that you know the ending of you know Jonathan Lar- Larson's story before you get to the end of the before you even start tick tick boom for that matter if you know tick 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 boom is about Jonathan Larson you know everything that is leading up in the movie of whether he's going to be successful or not happens um but you don't yeah. you don't have to care about that really. You don't have to be involved in theater. You don't have to be a rent head. You don't have to have any of that to really care about the story. At least as far as you know, I would argue on the stage, but especially the way that this film is done. The thing for me, which I feel like everyone will disagree on, and I'm totally okay with that. I'm not. I have. I'm fragile. Um, <laughs> but for me, the the funny thing about the movie was that I was enjoying because I do care so deeply for Jonathan Larson and the story. I was a big mm-hmm. rent bitch, if you will. It was the first cast album. <laughs> is I that think. the official fan club name? Rent bitch. Yeah. I would, I uh, should not say this, but I was an Amy um, because that uh, just culturally is not okay. Um, As an Asian American woman, I'm not sure that that's the role for me. Probably not. Um, But you know what? It is what it is. Um, And I just, Rent was one of the first like thick, expensive albums I bought for myself because it was so long. And I was like, it was, it was so pricey, but I knew it was worth it. And it was. And then I, you know, followed Anthony Rapp throughout forever, got a signed copy of this without you book, like obsessed. But like I-, I cared so deeply for his story that I kept going, 
stop, stop playing the songs. <laughs> I was oh, like, fair. I was, I was kind of distracted with the musical element being in this, that for the first time in my life, I kind of wanted this to be a straight through film about him with some incorporations like well he can play through a song that he's writing that yeah you know what i mean like i was kind of surprised that i was sorry you kind of took me out of it by playing this song like come to your senses i kind of wanted just them to have that final not fight but just kind of like a true uh you know uh, this is us being transparent about how we feel about each other in this fight like other you know we got this beautiful on the rooftop scene of her singing with vanessa hudgens and i was like I kind of want you guys to talk. Um, well, <laughs> so also, that was me. Well, also with that, the and what I loved, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is not a complaint, but I, uh, mm-hmm. basing it off of what you're saying, which I completely understand and, uh, you know, get that <clears throat> and get that entirely. It, the Chicago of it all with this film of kind of, you know, having yeah. to- on the stage, talking to the audience, um, Therapy is completely, we both reach for the gun. Let's be realistic. Oh my oh, God. Loved it. It was great. Amazing. <laughs> like, again, not a complaint. Um, but it was a hundred percent. We both reach for the gun. And so there were a lot of scenes like that and that were kind of, you know, this is how we're framing it as a musical, as a, you know, framing it as a musical film as opposed to just a straight film. And that's mm-hmm. something that could easily be included or removed based on how you want to actually frame this film. For me, it worked because I knew it was going to be a musical. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people that didn't know it was going to, you know, this is the difference between this being a musical theater film adaptation versus it being a musical film. Like, you know, I can't even name anything right now that I actually liked, but, um, but there is definitely that separation. And I think there will certainly be people going into watching it that expected it to be the latter. So then you had scenes like therapy, um, Mm -hmm. and you had scenes like come to your senses, which come to your senses still works for me, but it is still very musically musical theater framed yeah i really i was like you know what looking back i would have been fine with 3090 and the the bohemia that this is the life song like i would have been fine yeah. if those are the yeah. only two songs in the whole film Completely because they told me about it. who he was and what what was happening and i was cool i didn't need i didn't need anybody else because it was about him and his life for for moi but yeah. i know that you're a big fan of the show so yeah. hearing other people do those arrangements was nice. So nice. finally, I want to wrap this up with the the fact that this show is obviously um, definitely being looked at for a lot of awards opportunity. Ashley, do you what do you what's the future that you see for this? Oh, I would be very surprised to not see it one nominated for multiple Oscars, but also taking some. I don't know what mm. that's going to look like. I don't. I'm assuming Andrew Garfield will get nominated for Best Actor. I'm assuming this will get nominated for Best Film. I'm assuming Lynn will get nominated for Best Director. I will be surprised if he wins. Um, but I absolutely believe that he deserves to be up there in that list. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because we have so many movie musicals and Cyrano is about to come out. I don't know when, yeah. when you guys are going to be hearing this recording, but um, Cyrano is coming and it's going to be a part of that conversation. So I'm eager to find out what the critics are thinking as far as what's a front runner, because there's so much great opportunity for so still much theater. West Side Story, too. And there's still West Side Story. And uh, In the Heights was shuttered out of so many yeah, Golden Globes, which kind of sickened me. Yeah. Um, 
because of all of them, I think it's part of the top tier. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I'm so glad we got to have this conversation oh, about the absolutely. film. <laughs> I know that we've we've not stopped talking about Sondheim and the fact that he made his way into this recording is part of our DNA. I'll be crying point. about it forever. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the special episode uh, brought to you by Ashley and I. Ashley, where can people find you to tell you their hot takes about the Ooh, <laughs> please do. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at no, this is Ashley. You can find me everywhere at it's Grace Aki. Thank you guys again for joining us. Have a wonderful and safe week. We will talk to you later. Just one.